0: This is Mary Lewis at A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Caitlin at her business, Don't You Doe, and about cottage food law. Good morning, Caitlin. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good. So I need to know
1: all about Don't You Dough. Yeah, my goodness. Where do I even start? Um... I left my career in banking and had no intention of doing anything other than being a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, you know what? I like to bake. And I tried some cinnamon rolls and four years later, here we are full-blown business. Wow. Four years? Four years. That's, that's not bad. <laughs> it's, it's been an awesome four years. So where are you located? I am in Lake City, Minnesota, right on the border by Wisconsin
0: is that it's not far from Pepin, right?
1: No, we're actually right across the river from Pepin.
0: Okay. And do you do breads or cakes or all of the above?
1: I do a little bit of everything. I got started with cinnamon rolls and I've worked my way into bars and cookies and wedding cakes and graduation parties. And I do a little bit of everything.
0: Nice. So um, not everyone listening will know about the Minnesota um, cottage food producers. So can you explain a little bit about that?
1: I would love to. I'm such a huge believer in this program. I've actually helped eight other businesses get started through the cottage food program as well. Um, With the cottage food program, we in Minnesota are very fortunate that we have great cottage food laws that allow us to bake and sell goods from our home. Um, Of course, we are regulated by, I shouldn't say regulated, we are overseen by the Minnesota Department of Agriculture and we hold a registration and that allows us to make certain goods, of course, doing it a food safe way so that we can provide extra services to our communities.
0: That is the most succinct explanation I've ever heard. Wow, that was great. <laughs> I'm gonna be talking with one of the admins for the Minnesota Cottage Fruit Producers Facebook group. Yes. Uh, Thursday. And I'm really excited because she's gonna know things that I don't know and probably you don't even know. So that's gonna be fun too.
1: I believe um, that we're so spoiled with Minnesota Nice. I mean, the admins in that group and our association have, you know, made the cottage food program so successful for all of us.
0: Yes, there was some real disappointment that I saw coming through about the fact that we still can't ship baked goods. And Mm -hmm. I know they're they're working really hard to make that happen.
1: They sure are. We are very thankful. Of course, they do that on their own time and it's all volunteer work. So we're extremely grateful for them fighting for all of us.
0: Yeah, I had a lady ask me if I could ship my granola and she lives only 4 hours away and I had to tell her no. And I know. I don't I can't afford to drive 4 hours to bring granola to someone and I didn't expect her to drive 4 hours to come here either, so
1: Exactly. And it's, I mean, crazy to think 8 years ago we couldn't even do this from our home. So we've yeah. definitely made progress at least, but I'm I'm confident that shipping is coming soon.
0: I hope so. It started this, this, it's, I don't even know how to say uh, this. It started in 2015, right? That. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's only been eight years.
1: Yep. Exactly. So fairly new actually. And to see the progress that we've made in our state with the cottage food food program is absolutely amazing. Really quite an effort.
0: It is. It's mind blowing to know that it's only been eight years when when my kids were young, um, and when I was young, uh, <laughs> um, I used to bake for family for parties or, or just because, and people people would say, oh, this is so good. You should sell it. And as far as I knew back then, you could only sell to friends, family, or friends of friends. And that once mm-hmm. you got outside those tiers, it, it was not allowed. Yeah. And people were like, why aren't you selling your goods? And I said, because I'm not allowed to.
1: Well, and thank goodness for us to have this cottage food program so we don't need that big startup investment of a full-blown storefront bakery.
0: (laughs) I I actually, I looked the other day at, at maybe renting space for our business. And not only is it expensive, there's nothing out there that's small.
1: Yes. Nothing. That is the same thing we're running into Um, in all of Southeast Minnesota. We have one shared commercial kitchen space and it doesn't even have a mixer. (laughs) So it puts us in a tough spot too. We feel you. We've outgrown our home and we're ready for the next step. Yeah. Commercial kitchen space is definitely a struggle.
0: Yeah. The only thing that I have been offered and i turned it down at the time because i didn't have the time was cooking in a church kitchen because it's a church kitchen it it feeds the public and i didn't have i didn't have the amount of time required to make it worth it Mm -hmm. so but uh we're getting a little far afield i want to know about what you do um when you started was it just friends and family or you full-blown I'm going to bake things and sell them.
1: Yeah so I it was you know right before the pandemic so I was just trying out some recipes and I found a few good recipes and nobody else in our area really did anything like that and I'm like you know what I'm just gonna post it on Facebook and see what happens and then it went crazy from there it was right around Easter Mm-hmm. Um And then after that, I just did a couple community events around the area, just small vendor events. Um, and I had awesome support from all around. All the communities have been amazing at supporting me. So it's just continued to grow into more events and my own website. And um, I also joined a farmer's market here in Lake City this past year.
0: Nice. Your website is beautiful. I went and, and did some spying this morning. Your website's you. gorgeous.
1: It's, thank it's, you i appreciate that.
0: yeah it's lovely um so i don't know i'm, I'm having a hard time coming up with questions which is weird because usually i have all kinds of questions <laughs> um so is your kitchen just flooded with with goods or how do you how do you organize it and how do you stay on top of it
1: well you know i've got two mixers and i i t- i joke with my husband and i'm like i could probably use at least three or four just in our home kitchen Mm -hmm. So there might be another addition here this year. We'll see. Um, you know, I, I have, I still have a lot of commercial cooking equipment. I've got big bakery racks. Um, I've taken over almost every closet in our house with all of my packaging supplies and pans and decorating and cake supplies and all those good things. Mm -hmm. So how many,
0: how many things do you make in a day on average?
1: Oh, goodness. That's a that's a good question. Um, this season is definitely going to be a busy season, busy season heading into the Burr months. So um, <laughs> September, yeah, September month. through December, I pretty much don't sleep. The sleep is kind of a non-existent thing this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, this past weekend, I did 100 bars for a local event, um, a big wedding cake delivery, And I think we had about eight dozen cinnamon rolls going out the door. Um, And I've got another four dozen going out the door tomorrow. So cookies, I probably do close to 50 or 60 dozen cookies a week, Um, usually 10 to 12 dozen cinnamon rolls a week. And then, of course, I do custom event baking, too. So whether that's graduation parties in, in June and July or Weddings all year round, um, lots of baby showers, wedding showers, all those fun things.
0: Your home must smell fabulous all the time.
1: You know, it's funny because when I have people pick up from my home, they often tell me that from my driveway, they can smell cinnamon rolls.
0: <laughs> mhm. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's crazy how much the scent gets outside of your house.
1: I'm still trying to figure out a way to put it in a candle because, yeah, we, uh, that would be amazing.
0: Oh we we make candles here and Ooh. I have I have a I think it's a cinnamon bun fragrance yeah. oil that, that we're going to try. So if that I if like I get a it, if, if I get it figured out I will send you one and then you have one.
1: That sounds good then we'll have our little collaboration to work with.
0: Sure, why not? I think that sounds great. Um So how are you, how did you start marketing this? And the reason that I ask is because I have my cottage food license or registration. And I assume that as soon as I post on Facebook and tell friends that we'll be making holiday things, we'll probably get some takers, but it's been kind of difficult getting the word out. So what did you do? Did you do anything special? Did people already know that you were a baker?
1: So, you know, even though I've been in business for four years, I still have a lot of people who are just finding me, um, even that are local, even though we're a smaller town, we have about 5,000 people, um, but I'm still meeting new people all the time. So I try and work closely with our local businesses. So, you know, dropping off samples from time to time to local businesses, of course, supporting our fire department, local police station, um, our hospital, our EMT workers. I love to spoil them when I've got extras. Um, Facebook has been a huge avenue for me and word of mouth. Absolutely. Um, I'd say definitely building my website too, just to have that, that virtual connection so people can kind of scroll through and see what you do has been very helpful. Um, you know, just having the availability that I'm, I'm kind of like a neighbor. And so people can just message me at any time on Facebook has been very helpful. Um, I really haven't done any, Formal or paid advertising. I've been very fortunate that a lot of it has been word of mouth.
0: Okay. Um, so last year, last November, I was desperate for an assorted tray of Christmas cookies. The year before that, they were everywhere. Last year mm. I could not find one to save my life. Do you have any idea why? We were we were so confused and we didn't want to make twenty different kinds of cookies just to have A couple of each.
1: It's so funny you say that because I do some events over in Wisconsin as well. And I heard the same thing towards the cities too. Um, Over in Hudson, Wisconsin, everybody's like, I cannot find them to save my life. And I don't know. I don't know if it's just the fact that, you know, everybody's so busy, we don't take the time to slow down in our own households and bake out cookies anymore. But I mean, the varieties, that's one of my favorite things that I look forward to. So I know I, I do a ton of those in, um, I mean, even as late as, like, think, or as early as Thanksgiving. I think people are, as soon as Thanksgiving comes, they're ready for the Christmas cookies. So, you know, I wish I knew why it is that we don't see those varieties so much. Of course, it's a lot of work, but I think that's what make, makes Christmas so special, right? That tradition.
0: Yeah, it was just yeah, bizarre we just we didn't we could not find at a grocery store or a sam's club or anything the the big trays of cookies
1: and so interesting
0: and i was like are people not buying christmas cookies anymore um
1: i mean i might be biased but i'm i'm all about supporting cookies all the time
0: <laughs> yeah and that that leads me to my next question is i don't know as a country, we've become so health focused and that's not a terrible thing, but is that going to impact the cottage food producers? Because are people gonna stop buying treats?
1: So I think this is where cottage, cottage food producers are really gonna have a chance to shine. I mean, with the fact that everybody is more conscious about what they're putting in their body and thank goodness we are we should really be looking at what are we buying from the store versus what can we get locally. For example, a lot of the cottage food producers I know are using local flour, farm fresh eggs. That's the stuff you should feel good about putting in your body. Not necessarily all the processed stuff that goes into a cookie that you're going to buy from a, you know, a big mass retailer or a wholesale club. We're talking a whole different group of ingredients. So that's the really cool thing about cottage food producers is you're going to get a small batch. Your baker's going to be able to tell you exactly what went into that cookie. And you don't have to worry about all that extra junk being in what you're consuming.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's that's true. true. But I'm just, I feel like I make a batch of cookies and I want to sell them. And I, I, I don't know, I post a photo on Facebook and I say, I have 24 chocolate chip cookies for sale and no one says anything. And then we're stuck with the cookies and I don't want to eat them because I don't want to put on the weight that I know I'll put on if I eat them. So, (laughs) so I, I'm going to start just giving them to the police department or the fire department or the library staff or city hall employees, it doesn't really matter to me as long as they don't stay in my house.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something I've noticed even just in four years of businesses, the delivery model has really changed for me too. So when I first started baking, it was more of, you know, I would sell a full dozen um, of rolls or cookies. and I do find that people are buying smaller quantities. So that's been something I've had to adjust is definitely that. I also have ventured into, um, I purchased another cookier's cottage food producing business here last year. And she had more of a focus on gluten free and diabetic friendly recipes, keto friendly recipes. So I'm working on incorporating more of that into my business as well. Buying some new equipment, some separate equipment to help reduce that allergy exposure um, and just give different options. Because I know as a food allergy family in my household, sometimes it's really, really tough to find food that's accommodating.
0: Yeah, I had a lady ask me if I could make gluten-free bread for her and I hadn't made any yet. And I told her that and I said, I'm more than willing to try. And I said, I don't want to be intrusive, but do you have celiac disease? And she said, no. And I said, so you're just looking for it because of other dietary concerns? And she said, yes. I said, I will give it a shot. And I made this beautiful almond flour bread, and she loved it. And it's the first time I've ever worked with almond flour for a bread and the biggest issue I ran into is that there's not a lot of rise because yeah. there's no gluten. So I got a smaller pan and doubled the batch and then it became more sandwich bread sized. And so that's how I got around the the using it for sandwiches because the first loaf I made was so short it would have made like finger sam- sandwiches.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I would say that's definitely a transition baking with traditional, you know, Flours cookie flour cake flour all-purpose flour to shifting over to almond flour Thankfully on the market these days. There are some pretty good Gluten-free all-purpose flours as well that I found have worked really really well as a one-to-one replacement Um, So that's been helpful, but I just found my team of gluten-free dietary Uh, friends, and I just asked them to test for me to see if I'm on or off, and then they give me some suggestions so we can tweak and make sure it satisfies everybody.
0: Yeah, I I told her, I said, I have no idea how it's going to turn out, so please be gentle, and she (laughs) she messaged me after she tried it, and she said it was lovely. I thought that is a lovely way to describe that. Lovely is a good word.
1: That is a good word.
0: I don't know if you can hear my dog in the background. She is a watchdog and we have a farm stand and so she's barking because someone probably just pulled into the driveway and I uh, and i refuse to try to edit it out because we live on a homestead and yes. there's gonna be noises so she's yelling her head off right now
1: <laughs> i love it i have three dogs myself so i totally understand where you're coming from
0: hmm she's been barking for the last five minutes she's she's very <laughs> very good at her job we love her
1: you. Perfect for the homestead then.
0: Yeah. I mean, when I, when I talked to my husband about doing a podcast, he said, it's going to have all kinds of noises in the background. And I said, yes, because it's real.
1: Exactly. That is life. It makes me giggle because when I had my customer who came and picked up their bars for their fundraising event this weekend, Uh, Of course, all three dogs run out the door and both of my kids are talking their ear off. And he's like, wow, never a dull moment here. I said, no, no, it is not. (laughs) I think
0: if life was dull, we would all just give up at about 20. Right. There's there's no fun if it's not exciting. Exactly. So um, what's your what's your favorite thing that you make?
1: Oh, this is so tough. I've tried some new recipes. My goal in September this year was to try a new recipe every day, and this week I made apple pie bars and I think those might be at the top of my list right now.
0: That sounds so good. We we have I've been trying to perfect a recipe for apple wedges that the uh, the Apple Barn in Jordan sells.
1: Oh and yeah.
0: And I know I know the lady pretty well who is the wife of the guy who owns it. They own it. And I asked her one time, I said, Can I please get the recipe for the dough? And she said, I really, really want to give it to you, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs> it's it's a sugar cookie dough, is what it is, but it's yeah. really soft. It's more like it's more like a bread than a cookie. Oh no. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure this out for years and I still still don't have it. I have scoured Google for recipes for something like it, and I cannot find it.
1: And you but, will. Just wait for that day when you perfect it. Oh, what an accomplishment, right? It's, it's like an art.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to steal their recipe, but I want some apple wedges, and I don't want to have to go to Jordan for it. So.
1: Right.
0: So, yeah. Um, and it's apple season.
1: Exactly. So excited.
0: Me too. We have our apple trees here that we planted three years ago, and they actually have apples on them for the first time. They're the the honey gold apples. Yum.
1: Perfect to bake with.
0: So in about three weeks, we're going to strip the 30 or so apples that came, and I am going to make apple crisp and apple pie.
1: Oh, yum. I love this season for exactly that reason.
0: I do too. Um, How old are your kids?
1: They are six and four.
0: And do they help in the kitchen?
1: So my six-year-old is finally getting to the point where she she wants to take over the business someday. So today I promised her I've got some extra cookies and we're going to teach her how to start piping buttercream. So that'll be our fun little afternoon project.
0: Oh, she's going to love that.
1: Yes, she's got her egg cracking down. So she helps with scrambled eggs in the morning now. So we're just getting her worked up. And I think in a year or two, she'll probably be at events right by my side.
0: Awesome. I have well, I don't have kids anymore. I have grown. I have adult children now. And one of my goals for them when they were little was that they would move out of my house knowing how to make a dinner and a dessert that they would be they would be proud to serve their friends. And I love all, four, that. all four of them, my daughter and my three sons, are all cooks. They all love to cook.
1: That's awesome. I, but I mean, that's so true. Like, what a special piece of your family. My family is the same way. It started with my grandpa, passed on to my dad. And now I have that same love for just being in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, I actually sent my my oldest son a cookbook of all the recipes that he loved growing up. Because that. he was he was constantly calling or texting or messaging or emailing <laughs> and saying, "How do I make this? How do I make that? Specific things that I made when they were growing up.
1: Yeah, and I,
0: I finally gave up. I, I thought, you know, I can just photocopy the recipes, put them in a binder and send it to him for Christmas. So I did.
1: Perfect. <laughs> but honestly, that's the best kind of gift you could have.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, he was thrilled. he He loved it. And I already had a binder for my recipes that I'd put together years ago. So all I had to do was pull the pages out and photocopy them and put them back in a different binder. It was so easy. (laughs) Excuse me, it's ragweed season too. Not only is it apple season, it's ragweed season. I keep coughing, (laughs) I'm so sorry. So I don't know what else to ask you. What else would you like to share?
1: You know, I I don't know. I just think if there's anybody that's maybe thinking about, you know, what do do they do for extra income or has a passion for the kitchen? I I would just really encourage you to explore the cottage food program that we have here in Minnesota because it is such an amazing door of opportunity for anyone who is willing to put a little time and research into it and passionate about doing something that they love.
0: I think that's a great place to end this. Thank you so much. I I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All right. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye.
1: Bye.